there's right now two different versions of 5G, which is weird. There's something called millimeter wave, which mm-hmm. was kind of used in microwaves, which is why people get freaked out about 5G. That wasn't the technology supposed to even be possible. And that gives you really fast speeds, crazy fast yes. speeds. I tested this in Hawaii on a live 5G network on Verizon. And, I, and there's a video on Instagram, actually, of me doing this. I took over the Qualcomm's Twitter, and I got 1.4 gigabits down. 1.4 down, which is insane. Now, it's not yes. on the upload yet, but that is crazy. But the catch is, if I took two steps to the left, it dropped down to, you know, regular LTE. Or if it was raining, or if somebody walked in front of the signal, it's not that fast. It drops. You need, like, essentially direct line of sight. So that's not the best way to go for 5G. The other option is something called sub-6. It's below the 60, was it 60 megahertz, gigahertz spectrum? And it goes through walls. And it's sort of more widespread. And that's what T-Mobile's doing. But you don't get those 1.4 speeds. You get like really fast LTE speeds. You get like two or 300 down, which are still insanely fast. So I tested that too. And those are the speeds that I saw. But what's going to be interesting with Qualcomm announced is chipsets that support both of these. And that's what carriers are going to be doing. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am back, and I am John Rettinger. Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. And as John said, he's back. Last week, we had Kevin the Tech Ninja and Dan Barbera from Mac Rumors. And it took two people to fill your shoes. And I don't even know if we accomplished it. Listen, they did an admirable, uh, admirable job. Both very talented dudes who I think more than filled my shoes. But I'm happy to be back in my own, <laughs> in my own shoes. And, and listen, Andrew, I know we have topics to talk about. And before we, we did our little meeting before this. Yes. I, uh, I said I had questions for you. You and did, I wanted yes. to save them until the podcast started. Okay. So for those of you that don't know Andrew, maybe you've never had the pleasure of meeting him or maybe you've just seen him in video. Andrew, a bit of a peacock, right? Like likes bright things and new things that sort of that's look true. different. Is that that's a fair true. statement? That, that's very fair. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a, it's a style and it works for him and it makes, you know, the unique Andrew Edwards aesthetic. But yes. I have a question. I have a question for you. <laughs> Do you know what's coming? I don't because I actually thought when you told me you had questions for me that these questions were going to pertain to my Mac Pro order. I just thought it was topical for the we're show. Gonna, we're going to get there. Okay. <laughs> you put out a picture of a certain pair of slippers oh, on God. Twitter. <laughs> now, the pictures in question uh, are, are designed by famed rapper, entrepreneur, Mr. Kim Kardashian, Kanye West. And they yes. are the Ye- they're the Yeezy slides. That's which right. Which I thought were a joke <laughs> when they were announced. I thought they were a joke when they were listed on Yeezy Supply. I thought they were a joke when people started buying them. And you bought them. You are the only one who bought Yeezy slides. And they look like grandma slippers. Oh, man. They're so bad. Listen, like. As somebody who's so into fashion, what was the thought process behind buying really ugly, like, just like croc looking things? Here's the thing. When I bought my Ultra Boost slides made also by Adidas, they were like one of the most comfortable things I've ever put on my feet. Now, they're slides, so I'm not wearing these out to, like, events or anything. I'm wearing them around the house. Maybe I'm taking off the trash, things like that, but super comfortable. So I was, in my mind, when I saw the Yeezy slides, I was like, okay, Yeezys typically have that same Ultra Boost type of feel to them. And so I'm assuming that these might be as comfortable, if not more comfortable. And again, they're not something that I'm going to wear, you know, really anywhere but in and around the house. And also, you know, some, I have dogs here. So sometimes my dogs grab my slides and chew on them a little bit. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just get something okay. new. No big deal. Yeezys. Okay. I'm on brand here. They arrive 
And I opened the box and I'm like, what, what is this? Like it was almost, I mean, this is very topical to our show. It was almost the initial reaction I had when I saw the Cybertruck for the first time. <laughs> it was like the same thing. I was like, wait, what? What is this? How do you wear this? Then I put it on and it's one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever put on my feet. Like, why? Why does this even exist? I don't know. To say that I've got Yeezy slides and I know this is a podcast, so we can't show them. But I, I urge you, dear <laughs> listener, pull over to the side of the road when yes. you're at a red light and Google what these monstrosities look like. And I know you mentioned Cybertruck. I would say the Cybertruck looks as beautiful as a BMW 8 series uh, compared to the monstrosity of the Yeezy slide. So that's one question. That I'll I have put a link in the show notes if you want to see <laughs> the Yeezy slides. Okay, so next question. And I'm going to okay. seamlessly transition to our first topic here. Mac Pro. You that's bought That's not our one. first topic. That's not our first topic. All right. Well, I'm going to transition to our second topic. Okay. <laughs> the Mac Pro. Yes. Can I talk? Can I talk Mac Pro first? Can I we tease can it? talk a little can bit I, of Mac Pro. Can I tease Pro, it up? Because I don't want to talk it. specifics. You can tease it. So All right. You bought one. Yes, I did. And did you get the litany of people trying to spend your money for you? Oh, online? absolutely. Absolutely. I did. And like some people like they'll post when they buy something. Usually anytime Apple drops something, people will like buy it and then they'll like take a screenshot of their cart or their confirmation post it on Twitter. Oh, this is crazy. I bought all three of these. I'm my wallet's crying, whatever it might be. I bought it. I was just like, hey, here's what I bought. Here's my configuration. And all of a sudden people are are talking about and I actually made a joke. So I said I took advantage of business pricing plus. 6% cash back on Apple Card because Apple's doing a limited yep. time uh, promotion on Apple Card. If you buy any Apple hardware, you get 6% cash back instead of normal 3%. So I said, instead of costing, I don't know what it would have been, like 15000 or whatever, it only cost me twelve, something like that. And people were yeah. mad that I used the word only. I was a joke. It was a joke. Yes. It was a joke. And then I saw all these videos starting to drop. One of them mentioned me not by name, but you could tell they were specifically talking about me, how people are just wasting their money and there's better things to spend your money on and basically wanting to tell me how I should and shouldn't spend my money. And I put out a tweet that said, today on YouTube, you're seeing a bunch of salty videos of people judging others for how they spend their own money without knowing anything about their financial situation, their business situation, or anything else about them. And it's just interesting how that happens where if you if you don't need something or have a need for something or see a need for something, then no one else should have that same need. And if they do, they're making a mistake. Agreed. Agreed. So we'll save that topic. We teased it. And I will now teased hand it. the reins. I will hand the reins back to you to lead us into our show. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So yes, Mac Pro, we will be talking about after the first break. I do own a pair of Yeezy slides. They are in my house right now. I regret it 100%. I'm actually probably going to be, I don't even know if you can return these, things, but I don't want them. So I'm either going to return them or put them on StockX or whatever, just to get them out of here. They're terrible. But first topic of our show this week is going to be the announcement, the reveal on the annual game awards of the, the Xbox. The surprise reveal. The surprise reveal. Yeah. No one expected this. The Xbox Series X. It's basically the full realization of Project Scarlet. We now know the actual name of the product. We know what it will look like. We have even more information on how powerful it's going to be. So the next Xbox coming holiday 2020, which basically means about 11 months from now. It's sometime in early November before Black Friday. 
the new next generation Xbox will be on sale. So the very easy to pronounce, easy to remember name, they really went <laughs> easy this year. And they want it to be simple. You've had PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, you know, you know we're now the PlayStation 5, Xbox. Yes. This is called the Xbox Series X. Yeah. That's it interesting. Is bad. Bad naming scheme. But I get not naming it by numbers. It would have already always <laughs> been one be one behind Sony. So I get that. Right. Oh, that's true. That's true. So there's, so there's a couple things to talk about. First, the looks of it, they pretty much just built a really beastly PC <gasps> and didn't even try to hide it. They put it, it essentially looks like a PC tower. It looks like one of those Linksys Velop routers, but black. Yeah, or like a shoebox. Um, oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah, like one of the uh, Jordan shoeboxes. I mean, so mm-hmm. it, it's a weird looking console. You can orient either vertically or horizontally, but the looks, I don't think matter. I don't think Microsoft has ever beaten Sony at the looks department when it comes to the aesthetics of their console. Xbox 360, though, hold on. Xbox 360 versus the PS3. Come on. I liked the glossy PS3, but I've always been an Xbox guy, so I feel like I have inherent bias there. Okay. Um, But I do feel like, generally speaking, the Sony consoles have looked better, at least at least at launch. Okay. So here's what we know about the former Project Scarlet, Mm -hmm. uh, the Xbox Series X. So it looks weird, (laughs) but they are saying world class visuals. They showed a trailer. So things you'd expect, 4K60 would be standard. They said the possibility, which seems kind of nebulous, or I don't know if you're going to need something external, of up to 120 frames per second. Yes. Support for variable refresh rate, which is awesome. And 8K capability, which is going to mm-hmm. be really huge, I think, for people during the life of this console, especially if you consider it's probably going to have a, you know, what, eight to 10 year lifespan on it? Probably. Yeah, probably closer to eight, I'd say. But yeah. Yeah. So they're also, you know, they're obviously it's SSD based. So they're saying you'll have almost no load times on the console. Nice. Yeah. You know, pretty heavily integrated with the cloud, like things you'd expect. And they showed the visual. So they showed a trailer for, oh, I'm going to massacre the name, but Hellblade uh, 2. yeah, but it's Sanua Saga. Yes. And that looked like a, looked like a movie, like an insane person screaming, uh, which essentially all the trailer <laughs> was this weird, like skull lady screaming. The visuals look ridiculous. And supposedly those were taken directly from the game in game game play, not not like cutscene, which you can't really which is ridiculous. So if you take the best looking cutscene you have ever seen on a PS4 Pro or Xbox One X, is it fair to say that the game in game footage looks like that? Oh, for sure. At least at least with this gun. And obviously, when you're doing a reveal which is going to have a lot of attention on it. You're going to put your absolute best foot forward. So I don't know if this means that this is going to be indicative of every in-game, you know, any game that you play. But for a game that's very early in development, which obviously the soonest you'd be able to play this game is if it's a launch title a year from now, it bodes well for what we're going to see with the Series X. Yeah, it bodes really well. And you consider even you know two or three years down the road after release when developers have had a chance to sort of right. get, uh, you know, get the most out of these consoles. It's a beast. It's a beast. We don't know pricing, obviously. We don't know storage size. It's going to be built mm-hmm. in. You know, the, the new controller is a little bit different. They sort of made it look more like the second generation Elite controller, which I think is great. Right. But it looks like an Xbox controller for the most part. So the big questions now are price and then the actual release date. Those are the two. And the release date, obviously, I mean, you're looking at late October, early November, even if we don't have the exact date, that's yeah. what holiday 2020 means. Yep. The other question I think that we have, though, is I think the name indicates and implies that this is not going to be the only Xbox next gen. The Series X is not the only by using the word series. What you're telling me is that we'll probably see a Series S 
Mm-hmm. And that maybe mid-cycle, we'll see what we saw with the current Xbox, like a new version of an Xbox One X. So like a, a mid-cycle bump to make it even more powerful. I'm expecting that we're going to see the 120 frames per second be at 1080p. 4K 120 sounds super ambitious. And I could be wrong, but it sounds super ambitious. And I'm making the assumption and prediction that if you want 4K 120, then you're going to need to get an Xbox series, I don't know, Z or whatever, which comes out in like four years or something like that. Also 8K, like it says they're going to support 8K gaming. I was shocked because I actually made the assumption that 8K was going to be for things like Netflix or something where like we can support 8K output. So if you're streaming, you can do 8K streaming when that becomes a thing. But I wasn't expecting 8K gaming out of this because usually like a game console is basically almost an entry-level gaming PC. Isn't that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. So if it's like five or $600, it's not going to be able to do what your $1,800 PC gaming tower that you got from Alienware is able to do. And so even those types of machines struggle with 8K gaming, especially frame rates up to 120 games and ray tracing and variable refresh yeah. rate. So I don't know what, I mean, maybe they're doing something like magical in these in these Xboxes well, that I don't know about, but it just seems they were so creative. crazy. They were creative with the wording. So from the actual official Microsoft blog, so news at xbox.com, here's how they worded it. Okay. Which makes me think that maybe we won't see this. So from a technical standpoint, this will manifest as world-class visuals, 4K and 60 FPS, with possibility of up to 120 FPS, including support for variable refresh rate and 8K capability. So is okay. it the possi- is it possibility of 8K capability? Like maybe we'll get it? Right. It didn't sound like they're announcing it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, they're so still it working sounds, it out. Yeah, it sounds ambiguous. I'm excited what this will do for upscaling. So for folks that use their consoles for media, yes. what is it going to do for, for upscaling content? You figure in the life of this TV, 8K you know, panels will become more mainstream. Yeah, for sure. What is this going to do for that? You know, what's upscaled 1080 to 8K look like? What's upscaled 4K look like and 720 yeah. and that kind of stuff? It'd be very intriguing to see what they do with this. I'm excited, man. Like I am a gamer. And so like I'm a day one back in the day. We talked about this before. Like you didn't really yeah. stand in line for a lot of things. I was like standing in line in the cold. Sometimes it was snowing during the line wait for the Xbox 360. So I'm very excited to see what this is going to do. Obviously, it's you know geared towards games in particular. Mm-hmm. What kind of games are we going to be seeing? What kind of experiences are we going to be seeing? What is it going to look like? I'm just excited. Yeah. This is this is really cool. So, are you mostly on the console side? Are you uh, you Xbox or you PlayStation, or you you don't care? You're both. Okay, so this is interesting. I've owned starting with the Xbox 360. I've owned every PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo console. That was available at that time. So I've owned three consoles at a time for the past couple of generations. Prior to that, I was a hardcore just Nintendo guy. I play the Xbox so much more that if I had to guess, and I got my PlayStation 4 the day it came out several years ago, <laughs> I've probably turned that console on less than 20 times. And the Xbox has been turned on hundreds of times. I don't know why it is. But I default to the Xbox, probably because most of my friends are on Xbox, too. And so, like, if you want to do gamer tag sharing or anything like that. And back in the day with Xbox 360, the achievement thing kind of drew me in. Like, oh, let me let me try to, like, 
meet these different challenges that they were throwing out there, which neither of the other two had at the time, like trying to get my gamer score up yeah. just as a you know personal challenge. So nowadays, I don't know. I think Xbox just lured me in back then with those things, and I've just been more on the Xbox side. I'll only use my PlayStation to play games that are only on the PlayStation. But anything else, if it's on both consoles, I'm going to play it on the Xbox. That makes sense. Um, what about you? I, I'm gen- I've always, even since the very first gen Xbox, that was the first console I went away from Nintendo. Uh, I've always been an Xbox guy. I think it just come down to the controller for me. Yes. Uh, I've had, I think, every version of the PlayStation, but I don't really use it that much. I thought about maybe switching this generation just to force myself to try something new. I don't really uh-huh. have like much of a, an allegiance, but uh, I've always just gravitated towards Xbox. I've just been <laughs> same here. Just kind of been what I've used. What sucks is as I become more, I mean, not become, I'm, I'm almost 40, but as I've become into an adult, you get less and less time. Like when I was younger, I was like, when I'm an adult, I can do whatever I want. So yeah. I'm going to make the decision right for myself. I'm going to decide when no one can tell me otherwise that I'm going to play as many video games as I want whenever I want to. <laughs> and nowadays, <laughs> I don't know. I'm lucky if I play like one hour a week or something. So obviously, like if something big comes out, I'll make a little more time. And if a new console comes out for sure. But just on average, I'm at that age where I get on a plane. I'm like, you know, I'm going to play my switch and get through you know, a big chunk of this game. And I'll just end up falling asleep and taking a nap. So <laughs> that's me. No, I mean, that's that's fair. And as somebody who's, you know, just barely 19 years old looking at 20 myself, I don't know what that's <laughs> like. Um, you know, I spend uh, 10 to 15 hours a day gaming because I have no other responsibilities. In there life. you go. Jealous. Um, you know, so it, it's just just different generations, man. But, uh, when I, I was also talking about the video game award stuff, I was hoping and I had fingers crossed that maybe we were going to see something from Breath of the Wild, too. Yeah, I was I was optimistic. And those feelings were, were nothing, nothing, nothing. I mean, it's still coming. Did you beat the first one? Yes. And I, that was one of the few games I actually went back and played again because I wow. loved that game. So I thought that was probably one of the most perfect games I've ever played. No, it's it's yeah, I, I agree with that. I actually didn't beat it yet. I have one more. I forget what they're called. The, the big animals, yeah. the animal dungeons. I have the, one the, more the, of those. The divine beasts. There you go. I got one more divine beast to go mm-hmm. through before I go run over to Ganon. But I did get the master sword. Um, but again, same thing. It's like I got the master sword. I was like, OK, I have one more to beat. And I put like the switch down and then I haven't picked up that game for like four months. So, yeah, I got to get back in there. I think that's that's fair. So can I transition over now to the Mac Pro and your Mac purchase? Mac Pro is after the break. You want if you uh, want to take a break, if you fine, want to take a break around, right now. Stick right after the break because I got questions and I'm going <laughs> to grill Andrew Edwards, who I'm now going to get the nickname of Divine Beast. So there I'm going to go. grill. I'm going to grill the Divine Beast about his Mac Pro right after the break. After the break. Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash national car rent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. That was a long break. I was I was been itching to ask Andrew 
there's no judgment here at no all. I'm not, I'm, I'm not spending anybody else's money. I've, I've made plenty of, of large purchases of, of questionable necessity. But I want to know why you decided to get a Mac Pro. Why you went for the configuration that you went for. Okay. And what upgrades, if any, are you planning? Okay. First of all, do you remember my, my Tesla Model 3 craziness when I ordered yes. that? You had like three of them? <laughs> I bought one. And then because they said the performance model would not ship for like a year after the first initial release, I just ordered whatever they said was coming soonest. Like sure. two months later, they were like, hey, performance model, we're just going to do it now. And I was like, like damn JK. it. I guess I'm going to have to. I don't want to be FOMO'd out of this. So I'm going to just okay. get the performance model that I would have bought in the first place and sell the other one and take a loss, et cetera. Anyway, I think I'm in a similar situation now with the Mac Pro. I'm not going to have to take a loss, though, because you can return these things. But here's what I did. Or here's why I bought one, first of all. Uh, I think okay. there's two reasons. Number one, I have an iMac Pro here now. 128 okay. gigs of RAM, two terabytes of storage space. And sometimes I do feel the pinch, even still. And I, it's, it's, it's due to what I would call it's almost like an irresponsibleness. Um, okay. I have like Safari with 200 tabs open across three windows. And like the other day I was taking time. I was like, let me just close down some tabs. I spent 45 minutes closing tabs and still had a bunch of tabs open. So, so, you're, so you're a crazy person. Pretty much. I'm like a digital pack rat in a way. And so, yeah, so when I'm doing video editing, and actually I've, I've now started shooting in 6K HDR, and it's just a little more taxing on the system. Not that the system can't handle it, but you know, for me, it's like time is money. If I can spend money on something to give me more time, I'm almost always willing to do that. And so seeing how, you know, those early Mac Pro reviews started dropping and seeing what people were doing with video and how quickly it was like cutting through stuff and all that, I was like, you know what? Number one, that's going to give me more time. So I appreciate that. But number two, it really comes down to, you asked me a question a few episodes ago about if I had the opportunity, if pricing was all equal, et cetera, would I pick a Tesla Model 3 or like a Bugatti or something like that? Yes. I said I would choose a Tesla because the Bugatti just isn't my thing. However, when it comes to PCs, I feel like the Mac Pro was kind of like the souped up muscle car of computers. Sometimes you just buy one just because you want it, right? Sure. It just Fair. looks cool. It's just like that is like the culmination of like technology in a PC. I just want to have it. So there's also a lot of that in there as well. I just want to have it. I got the display too. I just, I just wanted the look. I just wanted to have it. I'm more than willing to admit that. And being able to be in a position in life, quite honestly, where I can just make that decision, because there are certainly times in the past where I would look at a Mac Pro and just be like, okay, that's not ever something I could ever dream to have. So it's just the culmination of all of that combined into one, if that even makes any sense. No, that makes sense. I, I get it. And I'm fair. So what configuration did you go for? Okay, so here's what I did. Logged on, jumped on. The first mistake I made was this. I was thinking, okay, anybody who's going to buy one is going to jump on and start configuring their Mac Pro immediately. So what I should do, because I know things are going to start getting constrained as they always do, I should buy the display first so that I get the display you know, right up front rather than having to wait. So I go, I put the display in my cart, three to five business days, it will arrive. Awesome. Boom. All right. I put the stand in my cart. I'm good. Then I was just kind of comparing the the nano coding one versus the non-nano coding one. So basically a matte screen versus a glossy screen. And I accidentally removed the display from my cart somehow. 
And then I put it back in and boom, one to two weeks. So the three to five days went to one to two weeks. So that was rookie move number one. I placed that order. Guess what arrives today? The stand only. So, <laughs> so I have in my home right now, not the Mac Pro and not the display, but I do have the $1,000 stand for the display. Just chilling here in my house. Now, next move I did was, okay, let me go in and start configuring things. I did a 3.3 gigahertz, 12 core Intel Xeon. I'm like, okay, 12 I was trying core, to get- 12, 12 core is a good bad. spot. 12 yeah. core is good, but the problem is, you know, I was trying to determine where does the, you know, the law of diminishing returns kick in. And it really kicks in at the 16 core. It really made more sense to go 16 core for the money. 100 megahertz slower per core, $4,000 extra. That's what I'm regretting there. I also regret the fact that I chose 96 gigabytes of RAM because I forgot that I'm ordering a Mac Pro that I can just buy RAM anywhere and put it in myself. Correct. So Apple's, I didn't need to, Apple's, Apple's pricing for RAM though was not crazy like it has been in years past. It's not crazy. It's not as bad as it used to be. But if you look at the typical sites like MaxSales.com or Crucial.com, et cetera, yeah. I could have got the same 96. So the 96 gigs was a $1,000 option. I could get the exact same memory for $50. I'm sorry, $100. $100. Fair. $100 versus 1000 That's 10 times. That's a big difference. It's a big difference. So then I did a four terabyte SSD. I just wanted the full, the biggest SSD I could have. Now, the other thing here, the MacBook Pro 16 inch has an eight terabyte option. Yeah. Why don't you have, yeah. it just says eight terabytes coming soon. Why is it coming soon? That's funny. Why uh, do I need to I, wait? It's a fair question. Now, I don't know how to switch out. The, uh, anyway, <laughs> then I did a Radeon Pro Vega 2, 32 gigabytes graphics card. The graphics cards are expensive. I don't know if you looked at these, yeah. but did you, did you do afterburner or no? I'm going to do that later because I actually saw you can actually just buy that card from Apple and just yeah. put it in the Mac Pro yourself. So I'm going to see how the, how the Mac Pro performs without it. Cause it's a $2,000 option for the afterburner. The graphics cards, I actually assumed it would be cheaper to buy. Cause I was going to get the Pro Vega 2 Duo. Yeah. The Duo single card Duo instead of the two Vega twos, but it's the exact same price. If you get two single cards or one dual card, it's the same price, like 5,000 bucks. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to go all the way out there to that. That sounds a little, it's a little too far past where I want to go. The other mistake I made, I made a lot of mistakes with this order. I don't know. I was just rushing through. I thought I chose magic mouse plus trackpad because they have the exclusive colors. Like they always do like they had with the iMac pro. Now they have exclusive colors of these peripherals. I only ended up choosing Magic Mouse too. I don't even what use you, the Magic Mouse. I use the trackpad. Are you going to use? Are you going to use either of these though? I love the trackpad so much. I use the Magic Trackpad as my primary input right. device for. I love it, but I didn't order it. So now I called Apple. I was like, "Hey, I wanted to add the trackpad on there. Can you just throw that in? Charge me, you know, whatever. Charge me the difference. Throw it in." They were like, "Oh, since you already placed the order and it's already went to manufacturer." I'm like, "You're not manufacturing the trackpad though. It's just sitting there." Just drop it in. And so they were like, mm, we have to, we don't even have a SKU number. We have to figure this out. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to place a new order oh. for the 16, 16 core. Here we're going to go. You model three'd it. Hardcore. Check this, Check this out. I did. I did. I model three'd this. I'm going to go 16 core. I'm going to go 32 gigs of RAM. That's the base level of RAM. And I'm going to put in the RAM myself. 
Smart. And in, instead of paying $1,000 for 96 gigs, I can pay $500 for 256 gigs. Which is so an I'll insane amount of that. RAM. Yeah, that's, and the, you know, that's going to last forever. And yeah. then the one add-on that I got that I'm going to put in myself is a 32 terabyte internal RAID MPX module. So I'll have 32 terabytes in addition to the four terabyte SSD inside the Mac Pro. Okay. And right. that'll, that'll be what I settle on right there. And obviously I can return this. So it's not as bad as the Model 3 where I had to just like sell it and just take a loss. I can just get a full refund on this. It's just annoying because it's like a, you know, $11,000 thing. All right. Fair. Listen, fair enough. I've, I'm curious what the configuration is, what people would, would, would do, whether it was 12 or 16 yeah. and graphic cards options. So I think what you did is a pretty solid, pretty solid option. I think if I had ordered one, I probably would have done exactly the configuration that you ordered. I maybe would have done the 12 core hmm. instead. And I would have upgraded everything myself. There's there's a bunch of SSD options coming that are significantly less expensive. The RAM upgrade yeah. is super easy. Now you know to to do. You are the only one who. So obviously, there's some people who said they're not going to get a Mac Pro because they don't want to spend the money. And there's also some people who can't afford a Mac Pro who said I'm not going to get one out of principle. Who ended up buying one anyway? I saw a few people who were like, you know what? I threw in the towel. I had to do it. But you stuck to your guns. Yeah, and it's not that like I'm I am like out of principle not buying it. It's expensive. And I think for me, I don't edit my own videos. I am not talented enough to make mm. my videos look how I want to. Okay. So for me personally, it would have been ridiculous. You have no uh, use for this machine for yourself. Correct. Now the the folks who are infinitely more talented than me who do the editing, we have iMac Pros and, and yeah. new MacBook Pros that are fine. Um, whether they export a 10 minute video in 15 minutes or three minutes doesn't generally matter that much to me. It doesn't matter $17,000. Right yeah. Now. Yeah, for sure. Now, if I had a reason to get a MacBook pro, if I had a, a sponsor that would sort of, you know, wanted to sponsor something Mac pro related, or there was a reason for me to do it that made business and financial sense, I would absolutely do it. Okay. I just didn't have a reason to do it. And I didn't have any FOMO with it at all. Cause it would have been so ridiculous. Yeah. You know, for me to use. So that was honestly my reason. And I, it's a beautiful computer. I get why people bought it. I get why you got it. Just for me, in my use case, it just didn't, it didn't make sense. It's a very practical answer. It shows that, you know, for the people who did buy it, including, and I, you know, I already included myself in this earlier as I was talking. I think a lot of the people who do what we do, who bought this computer, those people are generally buying it as a, an object of desire more than an object that they really need to do 100%. their work. Absolutely. And so, you know, and you are not, you know, you could have easily been in that bubble too, even if you didn't need it as an object of desire, as an Apple fan, et cetera. But, you know, I admire, I admire <laughs> how you made your decision as you just explained it. No, I think, and there's a lot of other equipment that I want to get, you know, for, for studio equipment. You know, there, there's audio, there's microphone, there's lights. There's a lot of other things I need that I think would see and would sort of help the business, the core business yes. more than a computer. So that was, that was my decision. And uh, there's no right or wrong. We've listened, you and I have both bought stuff we don't need before. So I am Absolutely. the last person in the world to judge purchases. But I was just wondering how people arrive to their certain configurations. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's the Mac Pro. The Mac Pro is out. It's shipping now. So you've seen, because you, you record in the TLD studio building, correct? I mean, I may or may not have seen it like almost a month ago. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> Did you see, because I saw he, uh, John was doing a comparison today on Twitter um, yes. of the glossy versus the matte 
display. Did you see that like in person? Yeah. So uh, he has both. The matte display looks incredible. It really does look incredible. And the viewing angles are ridiculous wow. on it. Not to make anybody second guess their choices here. Um, <laughs> but I think that if you're spending the money for that display, mm-hmm. and if your use case is editing and you're spending the money on the stand, yeah. I would probably roll the cost of essentially the matte display into that. So you'd spring for that. Okay. I probably would. And I think if there was anything I was going to buy, a Mac Pro or the display, I probably would have sprung for the display. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in all honesty, the display is is that drastically good uh, to to see. Now, the the glossy, the regular one, looked beautiful. The, pick, the images are a lot more vibrant. The colors pop more. If you're going to use it as like a media consumption, like we're going to watch all your movies and stuff, then the, I think the uh, glossy one is perfect. Okay. But they, they look, I mean, they look absolutely beautiful. These are stunning incredibly beautiful pieces of hardware. I think that's more impressive for me than even the Mac Pros are. Yeah, yeah. 6K, 6K displays, which sell for $5,000 each plus your mounting option, whether it's the $1,000 stand or the $200 piece of mount. Andrew, speaking of extremely expensive add-ons, did you get the the $400 wheels on your Mac Pro? (laughs) I did not. I did not spring for the wheels, mostly because for me, I would assume I didn't look too much into them, but I have no reason to like wheel it around and I didn't want to like moving around on its own. So it's like, I wanted this thing to stay where I put it. So if I'm putting it like on top of a desk, don't wheel and just fall off casually. I don't need that happening. Fair. All right. So that's, that is Mac Pro. That's Mac Pro. Um, can I give a little update on, I know we talked about it over the, the months we're doing the podcast, and my car situation, a little personal update? Oh, yes, update. please. I am, I am waiting with bated breath for this. So okay. just to recap for a moment, John had a, or has a Tesla Model X. The lease is Correct. ending. He wasn't sure if he's going to get a truck or a Model 3. Ending he ordered in the two Model days. 3. What's that? Ends in, two da- ends in two days. Oh, the lease ends in two days. All right. So this Sunday, the lease is over. And we are waiting to find out if your Model 3 is going to get built in time. Are you going to pick up the Model 3? Are you going with a Ford F-150? You did order a Cybertruck, but that's not going to be ready anywhere near in time. So where does the saga leave us now? So I placed my order for my Model 3 almost two months ago to the day on October 15th. Okay. I figured my lease is up. I don't want to get stuck in the end of quarter. Sometimes there's quality issues. I'd rather just get it early. So two months. I've ordered my Model 3, and I am excited to Uh tell people that sitting in my garage right now is a beautiful Model X. My Model 3, they have no idea when they have no idea when the Model 3 is coming. Uh, I don't even I don't even have I don't even have a VIN number. No, Uh, I don't have a delivery estimate. All they're telling me is you'll definitely before the end of the year. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody Wait, knows why. Definitely before the end of the year. End of the year. But I was like, my lease is up in two days. They're like, oh, you have a 10 day grace period. I'm like, okay, but what happens after the 10 days? I don't have the car. Like, well, we'll cover costs for you of keeping your, your ex. Mm. So I, I, I'm annoyed at the process. Part of me just wants to go to the Audi dealership and just pick up an e-tron uh, and be do done it. with it. Don't you dare. I'm, I'm annoyed that it's been two months now and I don't even have a VIN. And even beyond that, I don't even have a delivery window. A couple weeks ago, it was like, oh, week of the 8th, you'll have it. Like, your car will get the car. Yeah. And the 8th, they're like, oh, yeah, maybe, like, by the 18th, but maybe not by the 18th. Now I'm going to be <laughs> stuck in, like, Q4 rush, and that is not what I was looking for right. uh, for my next car. So moral being, I've not been great, and I'm kind of racing Danny Winget, who ordered his car, I believe, two weeks ago. Right. 
I'm uh, curious. We'll see, like, we'll, we'll see who gets theirs first. Why do they stop building? Co- I'm confused. Like, how they do they get to this point? They were diverting production, I guess, to Europe. And then they just started bringing their production back for the U.S. markets. But they're doing like East Coast first. So they take longer to go on Jeez. the trucks. And like, you know, I have friends that I work with that ordered their Model 3 on like a Wednesday and then got yeah. their cars on Saturday. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And I think like Keaton Keller even ordered his car on like a Saturday and got it Saturday night. I mean, so like That's people hilarious. in the past have gotten their cars very quickly. I don't know what makes me uh, unlucky in, in this case, but I did want to give an update because I don't have any update. And I really Can you tell us me. what did you order? What was your configuration? Sure. Happy to tell you. Uh, I, I looked a lot at uh, Andrew Edwards videos. I've always wanted red um, in a lot of cars, but I never did it because I'm like, ah, it's too flashy. But since I'm only doing a two year lease. I went for red on white performance yes. and uh, I'm getting the new black, darker gray, 20 inch performance wheels, the wheels. Yes. Which I'm pretty excited about. That's why I just want the car. I've got a drawer full of Tesla model three accessories <laughs> waiting to be installed and used, but I can't use any of them because I don't have a car. Okay. It's coming. We're talking, soon, about, we're talking, we're talking about first world problems and tiny violins, but I'm still going to share it. Yeah. I mean, that's eight. Well, you're, they're saying you'll have it within 18 days. I mean, in theory, hopefully I'll believe it when they tell me it's ready. Like they're going to tell you it's ready. Like what, as you're landing at CES in Vegas. Hey, your yeah. car car's here. Car's here. Come get it. Great. <laughs> Thanks jerks. All right. Let's finish it up with uh, the reason that you were away last week. Aside yes. from being on a vacation with your lovely wife in Hawaii. Correct. There was also the Qualcomm Snapdragon summit, a big part of which was the launch a 5G, the upcoming chips that are coming later this year, but also T-Mobile, almost in conjunction, launched nationwide 5G, and you were actually able to mm-hmm. get your hands on this. Yeah, so I want to do two things. So Qualcomm announced the Snapdragon 865. It's crazy fast, things mm-hmm. you'd expect. If you want to know anything about the 865, essentially it'll be way faster, but it'll bring Android phones up to video parity with what the iPhones can do. It'll make the video really outstanding on Android devices. Now, that was an area where I think Android needed to improve on. Yes, so the big deal was was 5G and their X55 modem. For people that don't know, and I don't know why people would even know anyway, there's right now two different versions of 5G, which is weird. There's something called millimeter wave, which mm-hmm. was kind of used in microwaves, which is why people get freaked out about 5G. That wasn't the technology supposed to even be possible. And that gives you really fast speeds, crazy fast yes. speeds. I tested this in Hawaii on a live 5G network on Verizon. And, I, and there's a video on Instagram, actually, of me doing this. I took over the Qualcomm's Twitter, and I got 1.4 gigabits down. 1.4 down, which is insane. Now, it's not yes. on the upload yet, but that is crazy. But the catch is, if I took two steps to the left, it dropped down to, you know, regular LTE. Or if it was raining, or if somebody walked in front of the signal, it's not that fast. It drops. You need, like, essentially direct line of sight. So that's not the best way to go over 5G. The other option is something called sub six. It's below the 60, was it 60 megahertz, gigahertz spectrum? And it goes through walls and it's sort of more widespread. And that's what T-Mobile's doing, but you don't get those 1.4 speeds. You get like really fast LTE speeds. You get like two or 300 down, which are still insanely fast. So I tested that too. And those are the speeds that I saw. But what's going to be interesting with Qualcomm announced is chipsets that support both of these. And that's what carriers are going to be doing. You're going to get phones that are now going to support both sub six and millimeter wave and also gigabit LTE. So you always have something fast coming in. And it was just cool to experience and sort of see 1.4 gigabits on a phone. 
Right. My, my internet speeds at home and I have fiber is one like max. I don't even see one. We're talking like 1.4 times my theoretical max on a phone, like not even <laughs> hardwired into anything right. is insane. I wanted to download everything that's downloading your entire life of photos, downloading movies in seconds, albums in milliseconds. It was, it's crazy. So it was really cool to experience. And it was a tiny, tiny bit, a taste of the future of mobile data. And I think 5G is going to be really incredible, not just for data speeds, but for the number of things it brings online with it. Yes. Now, cities, but, cities, cars, all kinds of other stuff. You're talking about millimeter wave, which, as you mm-hmm. said, you stepped to the left or to the right and your connection basically drops. Yes. Did you try T-Mobile's version of 5G, which I, is I the did. other? Sub six. Yep. Sub six. Yes. I tried sub six and I got a solid two or three hundred, which is crazy fast. You know, but that's still, that was probably more gigabit LTE than it was 5G, despite it showing yeah. 5G. Yeah. But still insanely fast and like not to like poo-poo it, but also it goes through walls. And if somebody walks in front of you or it rains, you still get those speeds. So different approaches. All carriers are going to be doing some version of both. You'll have millimeter wave and sub six. So you'll get kind of everything. It's mm-hmm. just going to take a lot of time. I'm curious, like how, you know, it's almost hard to imagine the world that we live in before 4G was a thing. Like 4G allowed us to walk around and be at the grocery store standing in line and pull up a YouTube video or, you know, catch up on Netflix or whatever. Listen to Spotify, just stream whatever you wanted to without even a thought. I'm curious what things 5G is going to do for us. Obviously, we know things like autonomous driving and connected vehicles and things like that. But what are we really going to see? What are the changes that we're going to see in this world. Did they talk about that stuff at all? Yeah. So it's going to bring things online that couldn't really be online before. At least that's the theory. So it's going to do a lot of cool things for cloud processing. So things that can take a lot of the processing to the cloud. So, you know, VR and AR is a big one. Even things that will now have access to, you know, essentially 12 core processors that having to have an actual PC is pretty incredible. So phones, their capabilities now, they can sort of offset a lot of their processing to the cloud, mm. presumably to save battery life but also can get just crazy performances is awesome. Cars talking infrastructure is a really big one when you need that faster connection. But obviously that that's also on the upload speed too. And that's not yeah. coming for a long time. So there's a lot of hurdles to get through, you know, and also imagine 5g in the home too. Imagine you don't need cable run to right. your node or cable run to your house. You just you get a really solid Verizon 5g signal and that just broadcasts that out. And suddenly you're getting a gigabit speeds in your house with nothing. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. That, that's awesome. So that is awesome. That's I was pretty excited to see it. Maybe I drank a little bit of the Kool-Aid while I was there because I was in Hawaii <laughs> and my first, it was my first time away since my wife and I had kids together. So that was amazing. But it was just really cool to see. And it was a small little slice of uh, the future, I thought. I'm excited. We're obviously going to see next year, 2020, we're going to see phones from just about every carrier. 5G is going to start to go mainstream in 2020. So it's a big deal. Big deal. Don't buy a 5G phone right now. None of them support both millimeter wave right. uh, and sub six. Uh, wait until something with the, either the 865 and the X55 modem or the other chip Qualcomm announced the what 765, which mm-hmm. actually has both versions of 5G in it. And that'll bring 5G phone costs way down. So yes, that's, my, that's next, my bit right there. The A14. Yeah. Or the A14, which presumably will do everything. Apple, I don't think would release it if it didn't handle everything and give a really right. good experience. Cool. Well, there you have it. That is our our show for this week. Next week, we didn't have time this episode, but next week we're going to talk about the 2020 iPhone lineup and what Ming-Chi Kuo, the Apple analyst, 
has been saying he's expecting. Yes. Some big changes coming, it seems, for the iPhone lineup. So that's a teaser for next week. But for this week, thanks to National Car Rental for sponsoring and thank you to Yeezy for making the terrible, terrible Yeezy slides. I'd like to thank you. Thank you, Mr. West. And thank you, National Car Rental. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at GearLive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.